You are now tuned in to Westworld FM, a podcast about HBO's Westworld. My name is Alex. And my name is Nick. Today we will be discussing the season three finale of the show titled Crisis Theory. The entire third season is now up for grabs, so if you have not watched through the post credit sequence of season three, episode eight, pause this and go catch up. You can find more episodes of our podcast at westworld.fm. We're also Westworld FM on Twitter, and you can send feedback to westworldfm at gmail.com to tell us what you think of our show and share your thoughts on HBO's Westworld. Send us corrections, observations, or anything regarding Westworld or our podcast. If you enjoy this show or any other show on the Midwest Podcast Network, please consider heading over to mpn.bz slash Patreon or patreon.com slash MidwestPodNet and pledge as little as a dollar a month to make our network even better. Special thanks to Jason K. and Gojo, who have pledged at the level of $10 per month. Real quickly, the Midwest Podcast Network has a couple other shows on it that you might be interested in. The Midwest Game Nerds Podcast talks about video games. We most recently talked about the Final Fantasy VII Remake and XCOM Chimera Squad. We'll probably be talking about Gears Tactics on our upcoming episode this weekend. So please go check that out if you are interested in video games. Um, Horror Movie Yearbook will be talking about their top 10 horror movies of all time on their 100th episode this coming week. So please give that a listen uh, and tell them congratulations on their 100th episode. That'll be a really good discussion, I'm sure. Yes, it will, for sure. I wonder how much overlap there will be. Between yeah, that, I feel like their tastes are pretty different, so it should be... But but you know there's going to be one or two things that they're both like... There's going to be at least one Friday the 13th, I bet, that they, <laughs> oh, that they for share. Sure. For sure. <laughs> Uh, and then, of course, uh, we are probably going to be back at some point to talk about The Alienist at some point in the future. I don't know when or if that's completely true because of the coronavirus. I have no idea what's happened to that TV program. But um, The Alienist is supposed to get a second season based on the book Angel of Darkness. Yes. Okay, good. I always It's a toss-up whether or not I say darkness or death, so... Uh, Angel of Darkness, so we will be back for that. But of course, you could go check out the TNT series, The Alienist, and then our recap podcast is called The Alienist Recap Podcast. Go give that a listen and join us for season two when that when that happens. I feel like but they yeah. were already filming. Like, I think I filming think they was were. underway. Yes. I don't know if um, it completed, though. Yeah, or did it get delayed, or who knows? Yeah. Yeah. So, who knows? They don't, They haven't... They, they were notoriously quiet about the first season's production. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And, and it's not like there's a massive following that's clamoring for updates. <laughs> yes. So, uh, yeah. You're, no, you're listening whole... to them right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But anyway, it'll be there. We'll be there. Go check it out. I think it's also listed on MidwestPodcastNetwork.com. You can find all of our shows there. And we'd love to have you along. Uh, yeah. Um, I did have a correction from last week i spoke as though the eclipse that rehoboam interface shows healed itself when serac uh took control of of delos and that seems like it's not completely true and i think it was kind of a mishap in my mind but i also think it was maybe a little bit of course correction in the system like it showed it getting a little better but it didn't the eclipse didn't like fully go back. So anyway, not a big point, but I figured I would mention it because it seems like by this episode, the eclipse is almost fully apart. So, yeah. Anyway. It has diverged greatly. Yes. Decohered, I believe is the term the show uses. Um, and then we did have one person tweet at us with, uh, 
subtitle for the season. Uh, daily, our day 11 podcast on Twitter said Westworld season three, the mirror, which sure that could be a thing. I have a feeling it'll be Westworld season three, the choice or something like that, but yeah, who knows anything. It could, it could be anything at this point. So if you have any more ideas, feel free to write in. We are also planning on doing a season wrap-up episode at some point in the next week, so please send in some emails, some questions, some thoughts, whatever you got. We haven't heard much from you guys this season, but I'd love to hear what you guys <laughs> thought overall, and uh, and we can discuss your thoughts and any questions you may have in that episode. So Yeah, definitely write in before the... I mean, write in now, right now, but yes. also before the season recap because it would be really helpful to have some guidance in terms of what what people want to hear and what points were the most interesting. Because regardless of how you feel about the season, it, it did talk about a lot of stuff. It didn't mm-hmm. necessarily accomplish a lot, <laughs> in my opinion, but it did it did tackle a lot of different topics and subjects. So there, there's a lot to distill down into just like an hour, hour and a half discussion. So yeah. Absolutely. Some, some guiding lines would be great. Yes. Uh, but yeah, that's all I got. Uh, we can move okay, on good to up. the recap. <laughs> yeah, we're done. That's it for season the season three finale. Sweet. All right. Uh, so let's let's get right into it. The episode opens with Dolores reminiscing on her past, and she explains that the EMP will not be her end but she will write her real end for herself. We see one of Sir X men walk up to her body and her pearl has been removed. Caleb is on the move. None of this is, is, is shocking to us. I think mm, we both no. assumed something like this would happen. Uh, it is worth noting that the EMP said something about Solomon being offline and that an administrative restart is required. So it's not as though Solomon is toast from the EMP. Um, probably irrelevant after this season, I would guess. Maybe. Um, yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. I mean, yeah, it's he's still a supercomputer, right? Like, w- that has no equal aside from Rehoboam? Yeah. Yeah, but I would have to guess that, like, because even that final strategy that he had to make was, like, he's like, I need some time because we have decohered so far from that one that I need to make adjustments. Uh, And I have to wonder, like, by the time he would be turned back on, would his data set be valuable anymore? I wonder if he could be used as, like, a tool by Caleb and the human resistance or whatever they are going to call themselves. Although I assume at this point it's under pretty heavy lock and key. So yeah. Yeah. Maybe not. I mean, everything else we've speculated has proven to be not true. So why would we be right now? (laughs) Not everything. We got some stuff right, but yeah. yeah. Um, moving on. William manages to down stubs, but the only thing I, uh, I did want to say regarding that opening stuff. I don't know if anybody else felt this way, but I found it actually very helpful to kind of reconnect to season one, Dolores. Uh, It had been so long since I saw a lot of those clips and a lot of those moments with her that like kind of seeing that helped me remember where she was coming from in the first place. And yeah, that's very true. 
uh, it, they were kind of telegraphing her what might be the end of this episode or what might be her ultimate fate. But at the same time, mm-hmm. it was really good because like she's if you haven't watched season one since it was on and originally like me, it's been years at this point. And to remember how she started and where she came from, I mean, hearing her talk about it is not so as not the same as actually watching it. Right. So, yeah. I found that to actually be very helpful and pretty cool. Well, and even the previously on was like a series wide previously on. It was not just was. like the last yeah. season. It yeah. stretched all the way back and there was a little bit of Ford in there wondering whether or not she would wake up the hero or the villain and and things of that nature. So it seemed very Dolores centric and kind of uh, reflective and, and and thinking about where we've come from, which... Which I think is great, but, um, you know, not to tip my hand, but I feel like it maybe came a little too late for my liking, but it, yeah, I would agree with that. It was, it was kind of funny in the final episode of the season. Like I said, to kind of be like, gee, I wonder why you're showing me all these nostalgic moments (laughs) of Dolores. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and also I think one of the things that I noticed even after this past week was how little we get of the original of the original the original uh the original score there was so much like there are so many themes in those first two seasons that we don't experience at all because they kind of rebooted the score for being out of the parks and and it made me kind of sad to realize that there weren't many times where we were hearing that that main Westworld, not main Westworld theme, but like kind of, the, I don't even know what the name of the track is, but there's a particular track that I'm thinking of yeah. that just felt like it would hit during the episode and that would be during these heady conversations or these big reveals or things of that nature that we just didn't necessarily, it, like the connective tissue isn't necessarily there. Yeah, that that's the perfect way to describe it. And I, for some reason, when you said that, I just thought, uh, did you ever watch Dexter? Yeah. Dexter has that little string yep. that kind of creeps in during like scenes of like discovery or realization. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yep. It's not the theme of the show, but it kind of is like a, a motif. It's kind of like Dexter's theme, right? Yeah. Like yeah. we know, we all know the Star Wars theme, but then there's like Yoda's theme, Princess Leia's theme, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I know what you're saying. Like those kind of character driven themes were were kind of missing in this season. The music was good, but yeah, I don't remember ever feeling quite as impacted by it as I was in like prior seasons. I feel like the score that we got this season is very reminiscent of some of the stuff that we experienced when they were in the Mesa or underground and that type of stuff that was kind of calling back to the original movie's score in a lot of ways. And um and I w- I w- I'm just kind of sad that some of that, like, nice orchestral and piano stuff... Like, there's plenty of that in the season, but it's not the same flavor that we get from the previous two seasons. And and it, uh, it was a lot of the character of the show to me. But, um, yeah. We can talk more about that next week, probably. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I agree with what you said. The fact that we kind of get to look back with Dolores and, and kind of see. And it does telegraph that maybe this is the end of her after this episode, but... More on that shortly. Um, all right. William manages to down Stubbs, but Bernard uses his Jekyll and Hyde button to fend William off. 
Police pull up and William gets away, and it turns out one of the police is a ho- is a host. It's Lawrence, but he's likely also a Dolores copy. He delivers a suitcase to Bernard as well as an address for someone he needs to see. Uh, you like my Jekyll and Hyde button? Yeah, that was good. Um, I I love Clifton Collins Jr. I'm never not happy to see Clifton Collins Jr. But <laughs> until until today. <laughs> No, I wouldn't go that far, but I just have to scratch my head as to, like, for five, not even five minutes in the season, like, just like a very, I don't know. Yeah, I was watching it, uh, my wife was on the couch next to me, just, like, watching whatever on her iPad, and, like, that moment happened, and I just went, sure. <laughs> yeah. All right. Why not? He's graduated from the vegan police to the real police. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i uh i was just like okay yeah why not let's why not yeah like sc- let's let's have ford walk in next with a with a dolores <laughs> i obviously dolores. did not like it yeah i also i'm not con- they don't confirm or deny that it's Den- dolores which is interesting True. i'm kind of inclined to think it's not that they're they're holding that back to see what they can do with that in season four Maybe so. Yeah, like I, th- I think that that's kind of a, a little loophole for them to be like, we'll decide where that last one is because they said it was in Berlin. So was Lawrence in Berlin until now? Mm-hmm. Did he or travel it- there? Or there are there are still people that think that actual Dolores is the one chilling in Berlin. Like she's there masterminding yeah. the whole thing, and that the one who died was not even her. Spoilers for the end of this episode <laughs> that you presumably have watched. Uh, yeah but yeah anyway i i didn't i didn't like it either i was just like this is turning into a marvel movie and okay Uh, yeah it it, and i i i won't even say that i didn't like it it just seemed very pointless and moot by by now but welcome to most of bernard and stubb's storyline this entire season unfortunately yeah uh, <laughs> Ed Harris trying to reload a shotgun with one hand was pretty good, though. Yeah, and him like, running away his, like Bill yeah. Murray in Kingpin was so funny. That's <laughs> 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 very good. Um, all right. Caleb finds his way to the Itai Doshin Distillery Los Angeles Distribution Center and discovers an old host version of Dolores. He inserts the pearl and finds out that Dolores specifically selected him because he was actually in the park and studied by Delos at some point. This was in Park 5, a park used by the government for defense contracts and training soldiers with live targets. Caleb wonders why he was selected and what his purpose is, and Dolores explains that she is setting him up with the chance to free the rest of humanity. Um, kind of fun to go back to the old host body, um, and, and just kind of, like, I don't necessarily know where she got it from or why it came with her. The show seems to be, uh, never wanting us to ask those types of questions anymore, but, um still just kind of an interesting way for her to like go back as uh, like if this is indeed her swan song to to be in her original body or yeah. what what could be considered her original body um, her final form yes her final form i did the the effects were very good too yeah though really like good it, that 
that stuff still looked pretty great. I could just imagine her in this, like, green leotard with the cutout down to her chest to show where the skin is, and then, like, it's, yeah, it was very, very nice effect shot there. Um, big revelation that Park 5 is this park that's used by the government for for military training. Um, what did you think about that? Uh, it makes sense. It it totally makes sense that that something like that would exist. That the and it it, it makes unfortunate sense that the military would be like, "Ooh, how, <laughs> how can we get involved in this new toy? How can we get our get our little paws in here?" Yeah, yeah. I it actually made me question whether or not Caleb had actually seen combat. Like, I wondered mm. for a minute. I was like, "Are they trying to say that?" his past is that fuzzy to even him where he was never actually in the military, but was conditioned to think he was. And like, he did all this training and all this, but are all of his combat memories fabricated? I didn't necessarily get that impression. Um, I, I think a lot of why he's unable to remember these types of things is due to his reconditioning. Yeah, of course. Right? Yeah, so, but, so why, but I didn't necessarily think there, that he had never been... Why was there a Dolores there? Like, do... That that was a, that was the part that really kind of stuck with me. I was so, like, wait... D- not only was there a Dolores there, although that gets revealed later in the episode, but that's okay. Um, there's also a Hanario there. They're the two kind of named hosts that they put there. Um, and, and I think a lot of it has, and also Major Craddock is the one that he shoots in, in the, yeah, uh, yeah, I recognize him. So, so it's, it's, it seems as though, um, because a lot of the narrative means little in this world, it was probably easy for them to just say, we're literally just going to make copies of the hosts and throw them into park five for the purposes that we need. And clearly these were like the civilian women that were being saved in the training exercise was my yeah assumption about it right but as to whether or not that is the Dolores and whether or not the Dolores would understand or know or remember those parts of her experience or what that means is once again I think getting up to questions that the show doesn't bother for us to really ask that's so he does like they do like a nolan thing where they show you the shot of the women Mm -hmm. but then they stop before you see dolores earlier in the episode and then later it's when they go ah but look she was there the whole time and i right away was like what point are you trying to make though like was it not are you trying to tie the two of them together like they've always been They've always had this connection because they didn't like he didn't know who she was. And I'm I'm going to just go ahead and say that that wasn't actually Dolores. That's a Dolores body with probably, you know, like how what Dolores was in Westworld. This is like, yeah, uh, to me, it just it just didn't work. I right away. was just like that. I don't I don't care about that. But I don't know. I kind of got the impression my understanding is that us knowing that Dolores was there was meant to show us that it was one of the times that Dolores understood that humans had free will. 
that was what I think it was meant to illustrate. But the fact that we are butting up against the logic of how would Dolores Dolores remember that, I think sucks. Like, I think... Yeah, I feel like she would have, in all of her three months or whatever of prep time, to apparently construct this incredibly complicated and extremely convoluted plan to get all of these players in the same room together at the same time at the end of this episode. Uh, in researching Caleb and selecting him, she may have come across this and be like, oh, look, it's me. Cool. Oh, he he was nice to me. Sweet. He's the one. Like, it just... That's well, and that's possible too. Caleb, because they had he had a helmet on, his data is probably in the data that she looked at last season. It's somewhere in that Sure. In the Sublime or the, the Valley Beyond that he would be able to she she'd be able to read that book and see the choices that he made while he was in the park, right? Yeah. So I guess that's how she could know it as well, even if it wasn't true Dolores there in that park. I just think it's a weird, going back to what you said about free will or about choice and free will, I think it's a weird example because, like, everything they do is a choice, right? I mean, when you're in the park, if you choose to try to, like, seduce and sleep with these female hosts, you're making a choice of your own will. You're not being programmed to do that. Like, that's a choice you're making. And Caleb just chooses to do the opposite. So it's weird that that would stand out to her as an example of, the ability to choose rather than just like making the decent choice or doing the right thing. I think, well, and one of D- Dolores's thesis in that, in that scene of them in that, like, as she's putting her skin on, she says the people who built both of our worlds shared one assumption that human beings don't have free will. That's what I thought when I first came here, they were wrong. Free will does exist. Caleb is just fucking hard. I think her kind of mentality is, that this park is like the west world itself is like using facebook facebook knows that they put a red dot on a thing that 90 percent of their users are going to try and clear that red dot by checking that page right and so in west world we're going to manipulate you into sleeping with these women because we know that that's what you really want to do right sure does that make a ton of sense for the defense contract park no not at all but that's what Dolores's experience was. And so for her to be able to look at the choices that Caleb made and say, you didn't fall into the trap that every other dude there wanted to fall into, apparently, made him stand out to her, was my impression. Yeah. I'm giving it a lot of charity. <laughs> yeah, I, I think so, too. <laughs> but but that's what I read off of it, and I think that's what they wanted us to read off of it, but I do, I do think there's also a lot of problems and questions that they don't want to bother to answer. Yeah, I think the it was the fact they tacked on Dolores there that made me really have, like, a bad taste about the whole thing, because I was like, you don't, I didn't need that, and if anything, it makes it make less sense, because now it's just raising more questions that the show is for sure not going to address. Yeah. I mean, it would have been great if it panned onto her and then panned onto a Maeve and then a Clementine (laughs) and then then an old Bill and then a, (laughs) and then just everybody in the stubs. (laughs) Old old Bill, old Bill in a dress as a damsel in part Mm. five. Yeah. He would be the the lady in the white shoes. For sure. 
Yeah, I, I totally reminds get what me you're saying. When, um, when they first showed the uh, sort of coffin travel device yeah. that her, I, I wrote on my notes, please be old Bill. <laughs> <laughs> what a surprise. Uh, it maybe it was old Bill's exoskeleton, but, uh, you know. No way. He better be intact and ready to aid in the human uprising. He's one of the few still alive in mm-hmm. cold storage. Um, any other thoughts on that scene? Um, I did wonder, based on... I mean, not it's not this scene, but this scene made me think when they called it Park 5 or whatever. Uh, was the war world that Maeve is in that... Uh, that Serac is putting her into and all that. Is that an actual park or was that constructed solely in a virtual reality? But the only real confirmation of this comes from the Dallas destinations website outside of the TV show. At park one is Westworld. Park two is Shogun world. Park three is war world. Park four is I think unnamed, but technically the medieval park. Park 5 is defense contracts only, is what it says on the website, and Park 6 was the Raj. Okay. So. Interesting that for Park 2, they went right to Shogun World, because that seems like a harder sell than a lot of the other ones. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Who knows? Maybe William is a secret uh, anime buff. He grew up when he wasn't busy destroying children on the playground. He was watching Fooly Cooly and Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. And, uh, you could yeah. just picture him. Samurai Jack's my favorite show. <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, all right. Speaking of William, William stops by the bank to get some money, finds out he's more wealthy due to the Dallas buyout, but since he was declared dead, his accounts are frozen. That's all I got on that one. I know. We'll get there. We'll get there, I guess. Uh, I have after a note. That, uh, yeah. I don't remember when. It must have been in this scene. I think it was at the end of the scene when he was like, this isn't chaos. This is a bunch of piss ants moaning mm-hmm. or whatever he said. Uh, I just took the note at some point that just said, remember the thrill on William's face at the end of season one? Yeah. Like that expression when he got shot. Yep. And wait, he got shot, right? Did he get winged? Uh, yes. Or yeah. he got shot he, at? He gets, he gets winged from the tree line at the end of season one, yes. Yes. And just that, that utter joy in yep. his face that like, yes. The, the this, glint in his eye. This is what I've been training for. Yeah. Yeah, I, man, I miss that, dude. <laughs> yep. Because he rocked. Agreed. Agreed. I was really stoked to see him out there in the anarchy mixing it up thinking uh-huh. i was getting ex- i was getting excited for that yeah yeah no. i remember being towards the end of this episode and being like i guess william's not coming into play the rest of this season and then he does for a little while but we'll get there yeah uh next up serac employs mave to find dolores once again implores mave to find dolores once again they will connect her directly to rehoboam to probe her mind for the encryption key and underling finds caleb and security footage giving them a lead not a whole lot to say there i think uh this is where serac very plainly calls out that the outliers to him are criminals deviants and psychopaths and i i had uh previously expressed um 
hesitance or some i don't know i just unhappiness at that thought but i guess the idea of serac being the villain and thinking that is what would fix the world like i did a lot of thinking about the fact that rehoboam is a machine built with the same biases that that serac has in the same way that jean me built solomon and both of them were supposedly uh schizophrenic in in some type of way so the idea that the f- solution to the continuance of humanity is removing these outliers feels like something born of Serac and Jean Mi rather than like the necessarily actual answer to the future of humanity, right? So I just had some musing on that that made me feel a little bit better about it, although I feel like it's a very muddied idea that they don't do enough with like a lot of ideas in the show. You know, it's interesting. I do like that, that analysis of it, that the, the machine is subject to the same biases as the builder, the creator, but what they reveal about the Rehoboam Serac relationship later at the end of the episode makes me wonder, I don't know. It's impossible to answer, I guess, because the, Although Rehoboam may just take up what it's told and run with it or come to that conclusion on its own. Either way, yeah, whatever. Yeah. I have nothing worth hard, hard to say to without have. knowing more, but yeah, yeah. not necessarily <clears throat> worth delving into. Um Caleb and Dolores take to the streets to get to insight. We see Dolores use Rico to move riots around and clear a path to the city, as well as hire mercenaries for their cause. They get ambushed by men that Charloris has hired as she plans to eliminate Dolores, who she sees as a weakness. Dolores pays off Charloris' sniper to clear out the remaining foes, but cops move in and force Dolores and Caleb to split up. Dolores runs into Maeve, but they don't fight quite yet. Um, I like the idea of her using Rico to like control where the riots were going. Mm-hmm. I love uh, the I love the idea that in the middle of whatever's going on, these dudes will stop what they're doing and look at their phone. Yeah. Well, and and I think the idea is that they all have that thing on their ear that Dolores does, and it's the personal assistant that's like, you've received an offer for double the original price or whatever. I know. Yeah. Or it's it's like Caleb with his watch, right? Last episode. Yeah. The dude's got his gun out, and he's like, oh, hey, more money. And then he's like, all right. It's just amusing to me. I'm picturing like like a funny or die video where there's like a huge firefight, and you hear all these notification sounds and everybody stops and they're all like, oh, hold on. So you've received an offer cancer. And then they all pick up their guns and turn it in different directions and start shooting different people <laughs> based on whatever offer they receive. That's pretty good. Yeah. I, I mean, I do really like that idea. I thought it was pretty interesting and, and it's very, it's very well set up by what happens with Caleb and Francis, right? It is clever how they turn Rico into more than just like Uber for assassins. Or Uber yes. for thugs into like an actual tool to manipulate where people are and what they're doing. Absolutely. I agree. Where does Dolores's uh infinite wealth come from? I think the impression we're supposed to get is that it is from not only uh you may remember Thomas Kretschmann is in this season of Westworld in the very beginning of episode uh. one. But also, they stole all of Liam Dempsey's money, too. That's true. Okay. Forgot about so that. So, she, she she has plenty of funds, apparently. But 
It's weird to me that they use this future that you can't just be like, where'd the money go? <laughs> oh, there it went. All right, freeze that <laughs> shit. Bring it back. Uh, but okay, got Dolores, it. Dolores scrubbed the internet, right? <laughs> <laughs> Dolores but yet the only the thing, internet. the only way that you can find out who Serac is is to follow the money. Yeah. Sounds like a contradictory there. Like a little bit of a contradiction. Um, I liked some of how the Charlotte stuff was displayed. I really love the AR contacts that Dolores wears. Yeah, just those, seeing that was the really glow cool. around her iris mm-hmm. as she's interacting with Charlotte is really interesting. And like the flickering as like it's reading data. Yeah, yeah, really cool. But um, what did what did you think? So I mean, you spent one of the one of the predictions that we slash you were right on is the idea that there would be a defector among Dolores's ranks, and it appears that it's Charlotte, and that that will be more prevalent in future seasons but um how do you feel about the payoff of that and where that's where that's ended up it's not where we expected it would go right um well what do you mean how far well, into the episode or just you mean in terms of wanting to actually murder dolores to erase her mostly in that sense but even i mean we can reach all the way to the end where it seems like she her final mission has become to she she's taken on she's adopted what we would have assumed dolores's final mission was from season one and two right to cleanse the world of humanity and take it for themselves yeah it's um, um so this episode in general to me and a lot of the season and the whole is a really cool mixtape of other movies and big ideas and big moments from other movies and other TV shows, um, which is not uncommon necessarily for movies and TV to borrow from other movies and TV, but to do it in so many on the nose ways as what comes, especially later was a little bit off putting for me coming from a show like this that has been so original even though it's based on something, it it went totally into its own territory with the first season, especially. So to see it lean so heavily on other ideas that have been explored before and done before was disappointing. But, um, you know, and I kind of said it in the first episode of this season that they were really kind of leaning into some genre uh, tropes and conventions. And I thought that was cool. But to like full on be the end of Fight Club was a little too much, I think, for me. But we'll get to that. But anyway, this oh, yeah. this thing with Charlotte and Dolores is just Clue from Tron Legacy, just in a different show. Like, you uh, gave it an objective. Yeah. And now it's a machine, and it's just running with that objective. It's fulfilling its uh, purpose. So, I was like... I did not make that connection at all. I was, well, that's weird. <laughs> Isn't that shocking? <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, it's my opinion, right? It's just my read on it. But at the same time, like, I... I like it, but I, at the same time, I'm like, cool, I've seen it. Like, that, that's, that's, what, that's the ultimate unfortunate thing for me, I think, is what it boils down to. Is season one of this show, I had never seen that before. Yeah. Like that, I had never seen anything like that. And it, that doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Maybe I just haven't seen it. I haven't read it. Like, mm-hmm. it could be very easy for somebody older than me to, to watch that and be like, oh, this is the Asimov book called this or the Heinlein book <laughs> called this. Like, yeah. Uh you know that's that 
probability is actually pretty high, but it felt so fresh. And now I'm just kind of seeing a lot of ideas and stuff that I've already seen before. And maybe that just means I've watched that stuff and that's fine to other people. It might be like, Oh, this is really cool. But you know, I just kind of was like, yeah, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. I mean, it's, uh, it's cool to see one of them defecting, so to speak, but I guess I thought it would be the other way around. Uh, yeah. we had Dolores on a pretty apparent path. So I thought, and then in this, it, what feels like in this episode, they decided to change their mind and she's this benevolent goddess. And I'm like, it's not a gotcha moment. It's a yeah. whoopsie. Just well, kidding. And it, so <sighs> fuck. See, we, um, we kept wanting, or at least I kept wanting, I I miss all the twists and the reveals and the the mysteries of season one. And like the show has yet to give me another it doesn't look like anything to me moment where that blew my mind. And it felt so it felt cool to get to for them to get one over on me to like Mm -hmm. to to totally have the answers in front of us the whole time and us not realize it. And then, of course, Reddit and, and the Internet just go crazy trying to predict everything in the show, right? But that's f- part of the fun of the show. If you can have like a mystery box show, but also do it well, that's amazing. And that was yeah. so awesome for season one and for most of season two. But season three, the fact that they were like, we're not going to do any of that shit, it kind of bums me out because it's like, well, that's not really true to the show anymore. Well, this is the all fact that- season recap. <laughs> conversation with sorry yeah that's a little bit what i was afraid of but it's okay we can come back to it and revisit it with with potentially john's thoughts if he would like to join us and uh and play with two sticks in the mud for an hour but um my biggest problem with this episode and season is exactly what you said we had arrested development on both mave and dolores for the sake of having a switcheroo in this final episode of the season. Like this whole time we like the first time Maeve and Dolores ran into each other this season, Dolores could have explained herself and Maeve wouldn't have spent the season being under the thumb of Serac, which is completely against her character in the first place. Like, yeah. And it's just baffling to me that the, character development got sacrificed there's no character arc here because you literally go from zero to 100 between episodes seven and eight yeah and And i would have loved to see dolores arrive at the conclusion that humanity should get to choose its own path and i didn't get shown it i was told it in the final 30 minutes of this episode yeah yeah and the only defense i've seen of that is the well, Dolores couldn't clue anyone in on her plan because then they wouldn't be making the choice for themselves. But what kind of choice is that? You know, you go so far down the road with Caleb and then you're standing at the final boss. Like, of course he's going to choose that way. Like, it's it's probably less of a choice now than it would have been had you told him your entire plan at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I don't really buy that. But... Whatever. This is all. I didn't mean to go so far off track. It just like it. It happened as it does. Yeah, it's fair. Every it's fair. time. But <laughs> so well, and to go back to the Charlotte stuff, I think like like 
like you kind of said, it doesn't necessarily feel particularly fresh. And, and I do like that it kind of went against what we thought it would be, but I hate that it went against what we thought it would be because we were just under the false presumption that Dolores was still on her mission that she would have had from seasons one and two. Um, yeah. And I think the, the, uh, in regards to Maeve, I did have a note in there that I really miss Maeve, uh, like that, the look she gives Serac a look in that scene uh, prior to this one, where it's just a real classic, like Mave, like bitch, please face. Yeah, and yeah, it's just, it's just such a bummer. She spent the whole season as like a lackey mm-hmm. because I mean, it just she needed a better goal than my daughter. Like, and she had she had it. She gets one by the end of the season, right? That would have been some actual motivation. That would have been cool. Right? watching Maeve spend the whole season trying to convince Serac that she's on his side and manipulate him in the way she's manipulated every other man we've seen her deal with in, through the series would have been way better than watching her be like, but my daughter. <laughs> anyway. Agreed. Agreed. Um, all right. Let's keep going here. Caleb meets up with some people that could either be Serac, goons, or Rico men. Maven Dolores fight Dolores's metal skele- fight, and Dolores's metal skeleton seems to give her a leg up on Maeve. Dolores explains that humans aren't free and that what becomes of this world will be up to them. She shows mercy to Maeve and walks away, but Charlotte somehow stops Dolores and allows Maeve to collect her. <laughs> yeah. That's that's the best I can do to explain what happened because I don't I don't I don't get it. I don't know how. I don't know why. I don't. No, it, there's no. There's nothing. There isn't. <laughs> I rewound it. I was like, wait, why? How did she stop her? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know either. <laughs> yeah. Did you watch it twice? Yes, I did. Yeah. Okay. So it's not any more apparent the second time through. It's literally just. I don't know. It's there. There's not even like a. They don't even show a drone above her that has like an electromagnet on it or something. Like, give me anything. Yeah. And I there's saw, nothing. I did read an article about the finale and people like. Some whatever wherever it was from, it was like she stopped, and then in parentheses it said presumably with a magnet, and I was like, "What? <laughs> She's got a metal body now, where, so we'll stop." Where is the magnet? <laughs> Under the earth? Like I don't know. It, yeah, that was screwy. Uh, this Very Caleb definitely. shit is is hilarious and awesome because it is everything going on in this riot and everything is like the finale of Southland Tales. Dude, this season is south to. It is. Do you remember? Do you remember that ending? I it, I don't remember it very oh, well. Man. I'm sorry. It's crazy. It's so funny, and it's also a lot I, like the end of Strange Days. There's a lot. Did, there's a lot of stuff swirling around in this episode. I did really enjoy a lot of the riot scenes. I thought they looked great. I thought they looked very convincing. With what I assume, you know, wasn't as big of a budget as like a game of thrones episode would have received you know yeah i actually watched a few minutes after the episode of the like inside look or whatever and they talked yeah. about the logistics behind the riot sequence and it was very cool it was yeah. uh, it was fun to watch them talk about it yeah i love those kind of big crowd anything that is gonna make me really think about how they shot it uh mm-hmm. I, I i enjoy so that was fun. yeah that was fun to watch did you get the same impression to me that the dudes that showed up here weren't necessarily from Rico? From, like, the people that Dolores hires? You mean, like, the huge dudes that show up to say, like, we'll take you where you gotta go? 
Yeah. Yeah, I got the impression they were like drones. They they felt th- more like hosts to me than like Rico dudes. I thought they were Serac goons. Like I thought they were literally just trying oh. to be like but they were also just kinda like, No, we can't get to insight and Caleb's like, Well that's where we're going so he like keeps walking or whatever and then like the next scene they're like, But we can't get to insight and then they get broken up and Oh they're gone. Like uh, it, it, I, it seemed <laughs> I was like what? Once again, what is the function of these three tall men that show up and and like? Not only that, but they were like, they were dressed in like the black, yeah, suits and turtlenecks and whatnot that the Serac people were, not like yeah, the random Rico. They to me, they felt like hosts, but I, I'm they probably weren't. So I don't know, I don't know where that's yeah. coming from or or what. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. That was one one thing I tried not to read too far into. It. I was just like, oh, cool. Personal team of huge, yeah. huge dudes to take you where you got to go. Huge dudes. Sweet. Yes. <laughs> and Caleb is such a little dude compared to them. It looks hilarious. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So I did forget to mention the last scene. This is the one where Dolores like charges at people that are shooting at her. And it just... Oh yeah, that action stuff didn't work. Like the action that followed after that was great, but like the oh, I'm gonna cross this bridge with several guns pointed at me, firing at me. Machine guns. Yeah, these are like worse than fucking stormtroopers. Is the problem? Like it's, yeah, it was. I mean, they could have showed the bullets essentially passing through her because she has like that sort of honeycomb skeleton, and I would have been like, oh, that's cool. Yeah. Like, I get her being bulletproof or whatever. Like, even Maeve later on in the episode, after she kills all the people, like, in the Rehoboam room, has, like, bullet holes in her. But I yeah. like I don't even feel like they bothered to show that for Dolores. It was just, oh, they all missed me, and I kept going. But <laughs> Magnets. Yeah. Yes, magnets. Uh, I did like the Dolores and Maeve fight still, you know, I think it looked nice and worked fairly well. The wire fooiness that happened this season a lot didn't look great, but I did. <laughs> I got my eyes closed and I'm shaking my head like Stevie Wonder. It's it not. No. What I will say about the fight scenes is that I think it's, it's pretty cool that it sounds like Evan Rachel Wood did a lot of her own fighting and, and you can tell by being able to look at her being there in those actual scenes. Like it, I, I think that is, I always have to respect that because I feel like there's a lot of people that don't go though far, that far and then it makes the action scene Paul Greengrass style and mm. you know, yeah, but you disagree about the fight scenes. Oh, yeah. I hated it. I thought it was terrible. <laughs> I, I hate it in theory, and I hated it in practice. I didn't like the way it looked. Like you said, it was wire fooey, and it just was... Mm. It wasn't cool. It just was like, yeah. two people hitting each other, and then one would fly really far, and then they'd meet up again, and then hit each other, and the other one would fly really far. And <laughs> just the show being reduced to two people hitting each other over the fate of humanity i was just like not only that it's just just disappointing a show where the most compelling stuff was like anthony hopkins sitting on a stool talking to somebody who's not even actually speaking to him an old man talking to like a mannequin yeah yeah that's what i'm saying like this by the time lost got to season six or seven or whatever was the finale 
it also got reduced to two dudes running at each other on a cliff face and trying to hit each other. But by that point, it was so far gone. You're like, whatever, this is awesome. I'm just going to go with it. Yeah. And this just, uh, I don't know. It just went like lost. It was a gradual decline into that kind of like craziness. And now this just like, so I don't know. It's (laughs) just a bummer. Yeah. Uh, Let's keep going here. Caleb breaks free of the three goons with him and eventually runs into Giggles and Ash. They give him a care package and get him to a chopper to take to Insight, but Giggles gets shot. Ash stays behind to help Giggles and Caleb flies off. Uh, We finally get to see why they hired Marshawn Lynch. It was to catch a tear gas canister and then ram against a wall to turn it over. (laughs) It was so dumb. It was like, this was pure Southland Tales, man. But yeah, I actually like asked, uh, or in my note, I said, is Giggles supposed to be Marshawn Lynch? Like, (laughs) yeah. Is he the playing same skill himself? Sca- skill set, yeah, yeah. It's it's just his. Uh, it's him in the future as a robot. Uh, he's become a host, and he's Marshawn Lynch. It was but he's now known as Giggles. It was ridiculous. Yeah. I also have just an LOL in here in my notes, but I don't know what part that was too. <laughs> but it was probably in that sequence somewhere. Yeah, he catches the gas uh, canister right and throws it back. Oh yeah, yeah, one handed catch. Aren't those like white hot? I I don't know. I don't know enough about futuristic tear gas canisters that are Fair. being sent out by a Voltron Delos machine. I'm not sure. My my uh my degree doesn't cover that one. <laughs> but uh yeah, I don't know, maybe he was wearing gloves, right? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> it was it was funny. Like that that part I laughed at, but I was like this is dorky and Yeah. You know, this reminds me of another conversation, separate but relevant. Um, so last night, or yesterday, was was May the 4th, so everybody's got to watch the Star Wars. Uh, and we watched Episode 9 again because it hit Disney+. Plus. And uh, this was purely out of, like, a, maybe we'll like it more this time yeah. motivated viewing experience the almighty second rewatch exactly almighty second yes. viewing <clears throat> and uh didn't liked it less probably <laughs> uh we both fell asleep really hard with like maybe like 40 minutes to go or i don't even know how long because it's like three hours long but uh it was not that far into the movie i think it was in the hyperspace leaping sequence jumping yeah or it was the Palpatine being in the movie I don't know within the first five minutes probably and I was just shaking my head and I was like this is just so nonsensical and not good and my wife says why is this the stuff that you think doesn't work she's like the whole thing all every Star Wars Star Wars movie is so like farcical and fantastical and why why is this the you know the limit the border and I was like I don't know why but it is like they're Every single, and it's a very fair question to ask, but I think every piece of like fiction like this is subject to its own rules and its own internal logic. Exactly. That's a very elegant way of saying it that I was about not to say. Uh, (laughs) Exactly. And you, you set up so many, so many rules of the universe and the, the, the story is expected to obey those. And like you say, 
it is it is stupid first of all i get it it's stupid they're like explosions can happen in space and we can hear them but i get bothered by this other thing i get it this is a this is a nitpicky dumb thing to be uh irritated with but at the same time i'm still irritated by it it wasn't a good movie and it has all these kind of holes in it that are never talked about before and that's kind of the way this episode and this season in a lot of ways feels like i feel like we had a good understanding of what Westworld was about and what the rules were. And then season two kind of stretched it a little bit, but in a way that felt organic. And like, especially mm-hmm. in regard to the, the questions of memories and identities and, and people being in other people's bodies and like all that stuff tracks. And then in this season, it just goes off the rocker, especially in this episode. Like a lot of, like we just said, like the met everything that we're nitpicking mm-hmm. with a lot of it i think is born out of this kind of that just doesn't make it just doesn't fit like this would yeah. be a really amazing season and a really amazing season family of another show probably but for this show it just doesn't doesn't track right yeah yeah no i i mean i completely agree that is it's one of those things where it's like when you get to a point where you're asking questions on the mechanics of things that they just want to hand wave over you you know that the attention to detail is gone, right? Yeah. And it's not, they're not so focused on, on trying to make things logically consistent in their world. They're more focused on trying to tell some larger story and their plot demands these weird stretches from them. And, and that seems like a poor way to build a world, right? Yes especially when this season literally needed to build the world for this <laughs> show. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. One, one positive thing I will, I will say about this whole sequence. And like, I liked it for the most part, the Marshawn Lynch stuff is just where it got a little nuts. Um, mm-hmm. But Caleb actually taking off in the police ship thing was a really cool moment. Like the music was really good. The kind of overview of the chaos was really cool. Uh, Aaron Paul's acting to kind of really convey the fact that like he's clearly upset at all of this chaos that's going on, and he's confused and torn about his role in all of it. Uh, yeah. It was great. That was a really really cool moment. Like I liked. I really dug that. Yeah, and yeah, everything you just like Caleb. It's weird to me that the Caleb stuff is what worked best, but it's mostly, in my opinion, because he got to have somewhat of a character arc. He had things happen to him and changed as a person throughout the season. Well, and he actually has stakes. Yeah. Yeah. How many times do we have to hear, like, I've died many times before and, like, be like yeah, yeah, I have. That's true, We don't it? quite die that way or, yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Uh, all right. Next up. Bernard leaves a busted Stubbs in the backseat of a car as he goes to meet with who he thinks is Dolores. It turns out that Dolores has sent him to reconnect with Arnold's wife, Lauren. Lauren doesn't recognize him at first, but as more Arnold comes out of Bernard, she reaches out for his hand and they reconnect. Bernard tells Lauren that he can't let go of Charlie, but Lauren ponders why anyone would let go of someone they love when their memory of that person is all that will continue on. This is probably the stuff that I liked the most, but it feels so extremely out of place. Yeah. That it made me kind of sad that I didn't like it more. Uh, Always wonderful to see Gina Torres. Yep. She looks better at 70 than I probably will at 40. So, (laughs) but you're not um, 40 now. No, no. People in Japan think I am. But anyway, (laughs) 
Um, yeah. What? So what did you think? I don't know. Like, I don't mean to be so flippant about it, because I do think it is a really beautiful moment, but, like, it just feels like something that would have been in, like, season season one or something, you know? Like... Yeah. It did have echoes of the old Westworld to it, which was good. Yeah. Uh, I still didn't really... By this point, I was I was kind of checked out of the episode, in and in a, unfortunately, um, that's not to say I didn't like pay attention or try to you know give every scene a fair shot, but I was just kind of like, eh, just kind of riding on like the last scene, um, and I'm and my head is still spinning with this whole Bernard Stubbs story. <laughs> so I was like, where are they going now? Uh, but it just felt. I think it would have been a great scene if I had had any idea that Bernard was struggling with this. You know what I mean? A hundred percent. And a hundred percent. I, it does help contact. It does help explain the way that Maeve is feeling kind of like if Bernard, if Bernard has memories implanted in him that aren't his memories and they're not real. Um, Charlie was a real person, so on the one hand, the memories are more authentic than Maeve's because hers are of another host who isn't just yep. a, a, a product, essentially. But at the same time, Maeve's are almost more valid because those were actual interactions that she had. Mm-hmm. So they have more validity on the one hand. They're both they're they're kind of doing this thing like the scales to me, where like them. But ultimately, that's pointless because it doesn't matter. Uh, it did help illustrate the way that these hosts would be feeling, I think. But like I said, it just kind of came out of nowhere. I was like, all right, yeah. this needed yeah. to be explained, I guess. It is a little more interesting with Bernard because he at least is articulating the fact that these memories are affecting him. Whereas Maeve is just like, I want my daughter back. And she's not really given the opportunity to speak about it the same way as Bernard. Yeah. But Bernard isn't able to talk about Stubbs, talk to Stubbs about this stuff because Stubbs isn't interested, and Maeve doesn't have anybody to be a sounding board for her ever. So, yeah, I guess I get why it wouldn't come out. But uh, anyway, yeah, it was good. I guess it just again, it could have been a deleted scene. Like it just felt so out of place. Yeah, yeah, no, and I like I think they tried a little bit. There are quick glances of Bernard noticing children and thinking about Charlie. Like, I think it happened more in the season than we realize it did, but that doesn't mean they did a good job of it and that it all tracks. Cause I don't think it does, but I, I do think it was a beautiful scene and I really love her message of like, why would you ever want to let that person go? It reminded me a lot of another joss whedon show there's an episode of dollhouse that kind of calls on the fact there's this dude who's renting dolls which are a lot like westworld hosts but he's renting dolls to pretend they are his wife who has died and and eventually he gets to have this moment where he's just kind of like it's not that i'm ever gonna let her go it's that it's just a part of who i am now and I really love that message, and I think it's beautiful, and and it's a great message. I just don't know why it's here right now. Why did <laughs> why why did why did Dolores want to give Arnold closure? Like it, it's it's a fun like he's like I think my old old friend sent me here to to you know 
give you some closure or something of that nature and that's fun and all but it's just kind of like a very cute thing for something that feels like we're on a much more urgent timeline of stuff yeah yeah why not why not send him there seven episodes ago and be like yep. hey man this is gonna help you i need you in my corner i don't yep. know yeah it, whatever yeah uh all right Sirak connects Dolores to Rehoboam and requests the encryption key for the Delos Immortality Project, but Dolores tells him he won't find what he's looking for. They begin scanning each of her memories one by one and deleting them as they go. Maeve watches on uncomfortably. Um, yep. Good. Caleb lands at Insight, gains access to Rehoboam, but is stopped by Sirak's henchmen and Maeve. Caleb is taken down to where Dolores and Serac are, and Serac has Caleb ask Rehoboam what will happen if he uploads the Solomon scenario to Rehoboam. Rehoboam shows the collapse of civilization and the extinction of humanity in 50 to 125 years. So Serac destroys the data from Solomon, and Caleb is left wondering why Dolores wanted the end of human civilization. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm left wondering that yeah. still. So... All right, I'll give you a little... So, based on some of the discussion we had earlier as well, the idea that um, some of Rehoboam's limitations are built off of what Serac has told it or taught it, I think there's this... Like, if we take it back to Infinity War and think about the one possibility where they're going to defeat Thanos, right? Is there one Rehoboam, uh, one of the simulation that ends in humanity making it into the future? I don't think so. But a part of me wonders, like, is it because, I don't know, My here, here, here's what I'm driving at. Does Serac creating Rehoboam mean that on a long enough timeline, humanity's going to end. Period. Right? Like, does the existence of Rehoboam, is that thing hmm. what what forces humanity to end at some point in the future? My, my understanding by the end of this scene is kind of the idea, not so much that Dolores thinks that humanity needs to end, it's that she she thinks humanity needs to be able to decide. And I don't think Rehoboam can realize that the outliers could lead the human could lead humanity forward in a different way than what Serac envisions as the future. Okay. Does the show do a good job of explaining that? No, <laughs> But I think I, I like to think that that's where they were headed. It's not so much that because we arrive by the end of the episode saying humanity's got a choice. They can either cease to exist or they can figure it out and get their shit together and be a thing from now on. I don't know that any of the solutions that that Serac would have been interested in were ones where Rehoboam was destroyed. It'd be interesting to know. If he ever looked at that. But we don't know that. I'll give them this for sure. They managed to be very timely with that discussion. Because we're at a point right now where every day I see all of my 
social media contacts tearing themselves <laughs> and each other into ribbons <laughs> over this discussion of quarantining and yeah. everything else revolving around COVID. Uh, it is almost like kind of a similar crossroads. Like a lot of people are having to make a choice, you know, do you want to band together to continue to self quarantine, to try to stop the spread of this thing or go back to business as usual and probably guarantee the continued wildfire spread of this unknown virus. <laughs> yeah, without a doubt. And I mean, but the, like I thought I was thinking a lot about, things in terms of climate change not not that we need to get completely political here but like when will we decide to do something about that when we know that yeah it will likely lead to our end you know oh it'll be too late for sure it'll be too late probably and by all accounts right now it is too late already for the most part but that's why I like a lot of the big ideas that the season posits. I just don't love a lot of the details that the season has in it and that it refuses to explain or allow us to ask intelligent questions about. Yeah, I agree. But I, uh, my note, uh, yeah. one note that just the, the moment, the instance of it happening made me laugh and shake my head. It was when Caleb gets off the police thing and then he's making his way towards insight and then these dudes just pop up out of nowhere and like zero in on him and i might know yeah. i just said this shit is like uncharted like you're just walking <laughs> around on your way to objective and dudes come out of nowhere and just converge there's on a you. door that they're spawning at somewhere. yeah they're spawning yeah. And, and they know right where you are and they're all just kind of zeroing in on you and i was like this is a it's game. a shock that it didn't like his Caleb didn't end with some dude spawning with a shotgun behind him. Yeah. Freeze. Cause that's how yeah. everybody dies in, in uncharted, all the uncharted. Yeah, games. it's true. <sighs> it's cause he didn't die. That's why it didn't happen. Yeah. Anyway. Um, all right. When speaking with Sirak about whether or not Dolores has the key, Maeve begins to hear directly from Rehoboam. She hears the words that come out of Sirak's mouth just moments before they do. Maeve calls Sirak a puppet and starts to walk out when Sirak threatens to freeze her and explains that she can either be with her daughter in the sublime or in a world of his choosing. Um, once again, this calling back to people hearing their own voice, um, or, or, uh, this has a lot of stuff to do with the season one of what Arnold was trying to do with Dolores and making her eventually hear her own voice as her own consciousness. The idea that Sirak is literally just parroting the words that Rehoboam tells him to say in his earpiece, I think is, um, honestly, it might be one of my favorite reveals of the episode because, and also extremely disappointing because I thought Sirak was so fucking terrifying for most of the season and he just gets reduced to this fucking puppet. And I think it's great and terrible and I have conflicted feelings about it, but I both like it and I'm disappointed that there won't necessarily be more meaningful Ciroc in the future of this show. Yeah, but. I think uh, I, I agree with you. Uh, it it didn't come as a shock to me necessarily because I kind of always felt that Rehoboam, he was acting on what Rehoboam was, yeah. was putting forth. So that... Uh, that didn't really, that part didn't surprise me. The fact that he was saying word for word was interesting. Uh, I think that if anything, it, 
it all kind of revealed him to almost be like an addict. Like I, yeah. I believe that Serac, when he initially created Rehoboam, was not the same as the Serac we see now. But he's gone so far down this road toward trying to achieve his goal that I think what we're seeing is someone who's at the point where he's afraid to say anything other than the exact script because he knows if I say these words, what Rehoboam predicted will come to pass. But he probably believes at this point that if he even switches the order of two words in his sentence, it might spell something completely different, you know, because you never know the butterfly effect what's going to happen. So I think that part of it is really interesting. I think that uh, a lot of people are, or have some other reads on the situation that Sirach was always completely powerless and helpless. And I don't think that's the case. I think he wants, it's all there because of him. Like it wouldn't have happened without him. So ultimately he still is the sort of the creator and the maker and he's the one who wields the power. Um, But it's, it, it is at this point, not, Unlike they, they could stick somebody else in his position and the same thing would be happening because all he's doing at this point is saying what Rehoboam is telling him to say. But uh, yeah, yeah, it was cool. I like yeah. I liked where he wound up just blubbering on the floor by the end of the episode. It was good. Absolutely, like like he's um like the it's it's like a it's a reverse Dolores even right because he Arnold wanted Dolores to hear herself and yet Sirach hears himself but treats it as a god mm-hmm. and and it's just kind of an interesting like parallel to to that whole situation so i i agree um all right next up mave implores dolores to give humanity their world back so they can make their so they the host can make their own but she finds dolores doesn't actually have the encryption key for the data Sarak tries to get it out of caleb but he doesn't know either Serac orders the erasure of Dolores' mind and causes a power surge between her and Rehoboam. Dolores and Maeve meet one last time in Dolores' final memory, and Dolores surprisingly explains that she believes humanity may be able to find the beauty in the world, but only if Maeve picks a side. Dolores disappears from the memory, leaving Maeve behind. Um, the only thing that I hate about all this stuff is that it happened right now, like we already discussed. It comes so late. It saves all the character development for the last possible moment, seemingly just to have this big epiphany in the final episode. Um, yeah, I, I get the, I get why, I get the temptation to do it for the drama, the big dramatic final death monologue uh, and reveal as like a martyr sort of like I get it, uh, but I agree like. I'm beginning to think maybe there wasn't any other way, because if you want to have the weight of that big moment, uh, you got to do it that way. But it just, it just, at what cost, you know, of reducing one of the other best characters in the show into like a nothing for eight episodes was just a drag. Uh, Not only that character, but also Bernard. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's true. Bernard and Maeve were two of the strongest points of previous seasons and you know and I don't agree like I don't think Dolores was that interesting last season no. you know Dolores so. definitely benefits the most from all this like she as a character definitely gets all the focus uh which was yeah but I don't even appreciate it because it happened in episode 8 Yeah yeah that's fair 
for sure. It would have been a very meaningful journey to watch her come to this realization that humans need to choose their own destiny and that I, I don't need to choose it for them, even though they tried to choose my life. Sounds great on paper, but it, it just ultimately left me unsatisfied here. Yeah. Yeah. All the monologuing is just too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, this is where we see that Dolores was in Park 5, like you said. Kind of silly. Um, and, oh no, that happens in the next part. So, we can move on to that. Maeve snaps back to reality and kills all of the goons in the room. Caleb wonders why Maeve is helping him, and she explains that it's in her nature to help hopeless causes. Maeve also reveals that Dolores selected Caleb for his capacity to choose. It turns out Dolores was in Park 5 when Caleb was training there, as a, uh, <laughs> I wrote this weirdly. When Caleb was training there as a damsel in distress, <laughs> Dolores was the damsel in distress, not Caleb. He stopped his other squad members from having their way with the women hosts there, including Hanario. Serac tries to use Rehoboam but finds out he's locked out, and Caleb is now in control. Caleb orders Rehoboam to erase itself as Serac is left on the floor, begging to hear from his god. Um, yeah, we already talked about a lot of this, but. Uh, okay as someone who didn't like a lot of the action sequences did you appreciate the fact that this one was completely in the dark <laughs> uh, it was a cool effect to borrow from the Dark Knight Rises uh, with yeah. the gun flashing I'm sure it's been in other movies too but that's what I thought of I also thought of that movie the way Bane is kind of reduced to like a crying henchman uh, yeah. which is a huge disappointment It kind of the same vibes with Serac kind of kind of a bummer yep but also kind of a good comeuppance for him yeah is this the sequence where we see Maeve once again dragging her sword no that no that was when that was earlier that was when she gets Caleb from the lobby or whatever yeah I had written down to that part that I hate this like Maeve (laughs) walking around like a villain from a cartoon dragging a sword till sparks come (laughs) I was just like this is so cool this sucks yeah this is in Maeve. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think there's a whole lot else to touch on there. Yeah, I thought uh, to answer your question, I didn't mind this one because at least there was an effect that was kind of cool. But yeah, yeah, it it did work better for me, I guess, because I didn't, I couldn't see it. <laughs> All I saw were the the few moments. Well. And a lot of the subreddit people are complaining. They're like, oh, they didn't show the action, blah, blah, blah. It's just like Game of Thrones trying to save money so they don't show it or something like, you know, a bunch of crap like that. But I was like, mm. hey, what What do you need to, like, all right, Maeve has a sword. Cool. Like, I, I would take this over Maeve running around slicing guys plainly. Yeah. I also yeah. don't think that this saves money. <laughs> I'm going to throw that out there <laughs> to all the all the film budgetary experts on reddit the, the armchair film film yeah all uh, the armchair producers directors yeah yeah um all right bernard posts up in a motel with stubs in a tub full of ice cubes and minibar <laughs> drinks <laughs> bernard realizes dolores is probably gone and that she wasn't trying to exterminate the human race anymore he believes the apocalypse was inevitable and Serac was just holding it off. He opens the briefcase he got from Lawrence to find a headset version of the Forge technology from the end of season two. 
He enters the sublime and leaves Stubbs literally on ice. Fucking Stubbs, man. Stubbs in a tub. Stubbs, <laughs> Stubbs in a tub. Like a six Stubbs, pack of beers. I think Stubbs got screwed the most in this season. Just the most kind of like he had an okay, like an okay couple of moments, <clears throat> but God, he ends the season sitting in a bathtub, just bleeding. <laughs> Like, I was like, why Why doesn't Arnold have time to go find one of those stupid little fucking, uh, uh, it's the thing that they use to, like, cure, UV cure your filling in a dentist's office. Like, why didn't, why can't, w- Dolores had one of them. Like, just go rob a hospital or something. Heal the damn dude. Yeah, my note on Stubbs was that, uh, the way he's played in the seasons, he always seems like it's his first day being a host. Like he always seems like he just woke up and mm-hmm. and was like, "Oh fuck, I'm a host, man." <laughs> yeah, it's really funny. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I love Stubbs, and he started off the whole Stubbs Bernard team up started off so promising when they were on yeah. the island, uh, and the way he was kind of constri- conscripted into it, but then like kind of got into it. And, like, when they show up yeah. at the party, that moment was badass. And where Stubbs kind of like, you know what, man? I'm into, like, Bernard's my dude. I'm into this. Like, this is cool. And, yeah, he just kind of is reduced to security guard. And uh, well, it's a bummer. not only that, he also becomes, like, weird audience cipher to the dumb exposition dump that Bernard has to give in these past couple episodes. Like, them sitting in the lab with William... It's just Bernard spewing all of these things that they need to tell us for some reason. And so it just, it's baffling. Like, I, I don't know. I get, I guess I kind of get how we got here, but it just, I don't, I don't know why. So, uh, at least he does get the fuck you Bernard in there. Yeah, that's fun. That was pretty good. Uh, any questions about Stubbs going into the... Or not Stubbs, about Bernard going into the Sublime? Well, yeah, but I don't know how to put them into words that Yeah, I can... That'll... that'll I'll save some of that for my that'll pro- season. Yeah, that'll be the where's season four yeah, going exactly. question, right? All right, we'll save that for next next time then. Um, All right, next up. Caleb and Maeve walk outside and watch the beginning of the new world, which feels a lot like Fight Club. I really like Fight Club. It's probably my favorite movie. Uh, I didn't, but it, yeah, it feels like the only reason that I kind of like this is because I like Fight Club. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know. Pink Floyd at the end. Little piano cover start off to the Pink Floyd. Yeah, I love Pink Floyd. And I didn't I was not affected by that. <laughs> it yeah. felt Usually their their like pop music that they work into the show feels pretty inspired. And this yeah. felt just really on the nose and Well, we didn't get any of those like uh you know, Ford must be a millennial because he chose this. He chose Black Hole Sun for the Mariposa 
player piano. Like there's we could, there's no room for any of that in the season, right? They didn't find a way to like work any of that type of stuff in. So, you know, to be like, all right, here's Pink Floyd at the end. Like honestly, I almost would have respected it more if it was like a piano cover of the Pixies. <laughs> yeah, if they just went full. Where's my mind with it? Yeah, yeah, just just acknowledge it, right? But uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it it was it was fine. I don't know. It's just it felt so similar to Fight Club by choosing a song like that, but not committing to it. Like I would have rather they went yeah. the other direction with it and just had some mm. original music, try to put a bow on this thing and go home. But it was, uh, yeah, didn't didn't work for me. Yeah. Uh, all right, and then we can move into some post-credit sequences. Um, the first post-credit scene is William heads into the Del- into Dallas International in Dubai to shut down the host printing operations, but finds Charloris there with a host copy of himself. <gasps> the host copy kills William, and we see rows and rows of printers working. <sighs> all right, I f- I feel like William is dead. Oh, a hundred percent. There are a lot of people that don't. There are a lot of no, people that are gone. like, "William's not dead." We don't. Why s- would he be we alive? Don't see him. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, I mean that's how I feel. A lot of people are like, "We don't see him die." Well, uh, and that, okay, so the, the I was going to say two things here. Same Point number both. one: it fucking sucks that William dies in a post-credit scene. Right? He deserved better than that. Even if we thought they could have been done with... Like, I thought they could have been done with him being in a mental institution. It just fucking blows that they're like, here's the last five minutes of the scene, or of the season, and William's gonna die here. In a basement in Dubai. Yeah. Point number two. I kind of really love that the man in black of the movie is now in the show. Yeah. Yeah. That I agree with that part, for sure. And the, yeah. the fact that the printing area resembles kind of the the underground from the movie, where he's yeah. like stalking and killing everybody, is pretty sweet. Uh, yes, that is cool. That is very cool. Uh, the only thing, the only silver lining I can, that's not even silver lining, the only thing I can kind of try to convince myself is good about the way William goes is that it's so just dirty and unceremonious Mm. and not grand and not heroic that it is kind of the poetic thing that you were pointing out a few episodes earlier like thinking this this moment was poetic he still sort of dies by the hand of dolores it's just not the dolores he thinks and he is ultimately killed by himself which is kind of cool uh but i agree literal own demons by his worst nightmare, yeah, him himself yeah. grafted onto a host body. All that said, uh, I still don't really like it, just because even if it's fitting for the character in a way to go out in such a offhand way, I still wanted to see him go out in a blaze of glory because he's a great character. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I do think he's dead. I mean... I think is gone. That's pretty hardcore. I, yeah. Charlotte Dolores has no reason to keep him alive. So even though I'm sure no. the equipment is right there for her to 
seal up his neck and make him okay and have him walking around with a cool scar or the inability to speak or something cool like that. There's just no, she would see no tactical advantage to doing it. So he gone. Yeah. 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 Good news. Fred Harris, I guess he gets to just play the man in black. Now he doesn't have to play this like weirdo watered down version of William. Well, and that, I guess that's my question, as we had kind of discussed previously, the idea that he was unhappy with where his character went this season, I wonder if he's happy where he ended up, right? Like, I wonder if he's if he's excited at the potential of coming back in season four and just being literal Terminator Man in Black. I'm sure that part is exciting. I'm sure, I, I, would, I would wager that if I was an actor in that position, I'd be a little bummed out with how the character I spent years working on building was just kind of whacked uh, i'd be kind of like yeah. disappointed by that but at the same time uh, i i have found i believe through most interviews and stuff i've seen that most actors don't get particularly attached to characters like that they just yeah. kind of are like well it's a it's a gig i get to be an actor so that's cool yeah um not that there aren't plenty of actors that are outspoken about the way that their beloved characters are treated but i'm sure he's probably just like Cool. I get to be Man of Black again. Nice. Yeah. Why did I have to spend a season doing this? <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, any other thoughts on that section? Uh, we got one little one little scene after this one. No, but... not, I guess not yet. Not till okay. next week or whenever we talk. Yeah. Well, and this last one is just Bernard waking up from the sublime in the same hotel room covered in like a thick brown dust. Um, and you know, we can save kind of our discussion for how long in the future we think that is and what the fuck happened in there. And, and, you know, yeah, see this, I liked a lot because it's a good old fashioned Westworld. What's going on here? There's stuff to try to chip away at and, uh, it's neat. I liked it. So, all right. All right, for anybody who isn't going to tune in to the wrap-up, because I feel like that sometimes happens, where do you stand on season four? Do you feel intrigued enough to check it out? I th- we don't like. I personally don't feel like I'm ready to just put down the show and be done with it. Like, no. I feel like if they want to tell more, I'm ready to, to, to watch it. But what do you feel? Yeah, no, I, f- I feel the same way. I'm not ready to give up on it. And I, I wasn't, even though I'm disappointed in this season in general... Uh, I I would not have written the show off because it has so much potential and it does still have so many great things going for it. Uh, I think that a lot of the things they've set up for the future are pretty exciting. And, uh, you know, I, I want to see if this season was kind of a fluke uh, or, yeah. you know, what they... I think there's a lot of really interesting territory to continue to cover. I do think it could continue to go downhill really rapidly, especially if the show just kind of focuses on this human fighting human drama, trying to figure out there's obviously going to be some sort of power vacuum at Delos slash insight that presumably Charlotte will fill, but we don't know if Ciroc is dead and gone. We don't know. There's a lot. We don't know. So yeah. We don't know if Caleb will be a character next season. Right. Like uh, that's true. It might be like fifty, hundred years in the future. We yeah. don't know. Well, one other question for you then: Do you do you think Dolores is gone? Gone? Do I think Evan Rachel like, Wood is in, gone? 
Uh, well, I don't know which question I actually want to ask, but like, d- yeah, okay. Do you think Evan Rachel Wood is done with the show? I do, but I would expect her to make a cameo in some regard. But as like a principal cast okay. member, I think yeah, she's probably done. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, like, I I just have to wonder about the finality of it all. Like, even the way that Bernard mentions, like, we were connected because she built me oh, or whatever. Oh, you know, I forgot about that. That was, was horrible. Yeah. Oh, what the <laughs> fuck, man? Is the force a thing now between hosts? That was... You see, Bernard and Dolores were a force dyad, and, um, <laughs> no. Yeah. But, uh... It, it, yeah, at least the way that he mentions that stuff, which was horrible, makes me feel as though they really want to commit to the idea that Dolores, as we knew her, is gone. Yes. Clearly, there's still Charlotte out there. And as you kind of said, they don't really commit to it on Lawrence. But Yeah, um, and I think at this point, it's pretty safe to say that Charlotte is no longer Dolores. She's just Hale. Exactly. Like, she's yes. her own character she's now. This, she's this embodiment of all the worst of Dolores that is kind of brought out by being connected to Hale, right? Like, which I think is an interesting idea, maybe poorly executed this season, but, um, yeah, it doesn't feel like she would ever be one. Like, I don't even think she would want to live in an Evan Rachel Wood body anymore, but who knows? Yeah. No, she's, she's in Hale's body to stay. I think. Yeah. All right. Well, any other final thoughts on the finale? Uh, not for now. No, I think. Do you feel Do you feel any better about it having discussed it? No. <laughs> nah, I don't think I feel I worse. I don't know. I feel about the same. I mean, the stuff I liked, I still like. The stuff I didn't like, I probably like less. So maybe I feel worse now. I don't know. <laughs> now that I've had a conversation with somebody who also was in general disappointed with it i think that uh yeah yeah it was a bummer there were there were sequences i liked for sure but overall i feel like the show took a step backwards in quality and in terms of how interesting it is i would not even necessarily feel that it's the same kind of heady sci-fi show that it was before like i don't know what the show is anymore but it at least this season but it's not what it was I listened to the beginning of Decoding Westworld this week, and and they mentioned something along the lines of how uh, for Game of Thrones in the first six seasons or whatever it is, before they ran out of books, a lot of the times the post-episode interviews with Weiss and Benioff and the actors were, why did we make this choice with the characters or things of that nature? And then after that, it became, how did we make this big fight work, you know, in the later seasons? And it seems like Westworld had something similar happen this season where it was more about how did we pull off these big spectacle moments rather than why did we push these characters in these directions? Um, And, and that, like we said, it went from being a show about Anthony Hopkins in a stool talking to a, basically a, a mannequin to being about this big bombast in the real world, quote unquote. And it's hard not to lose something there, but it doesn't necessarily feel irretrievable from 
what we have, right? You know, like it, it, I at least feel like this feels like a weird transition season. Yes. Yeah. It had so much to do and, and we can talk about that more next week, but, um, I'm endlessly fascinated with what in the world they would do with three more seasons of this show. That's true. And so it did, it did really blow up and change my perception of what this show could be. Uh, I just yeah. want, I want to feel like even if I disagree with the show, that it was done elegantly and done well. And I don't feel that way about this season. Agreed. I can totally agree with that. All right. I think that's it. Yeah. You can find more episodes of our podcast at westworld.fm. We're also on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play Podcasts. We are Westworld FM on Twitter, and you can email us at westworldfm at gmail.com to tell us what you think of our show and share your thoughts on HBO's Westworld so we can read them on our show. Send us corrections, observations, or anything regarding Westworld or our podcast. Uh, I guess I will say thank you to anybody who's here with us through the season. We didn't hear from a lot of people. I know Mark was listening to us. Thank you, Mark, for listening. I know John was listening to us. Thank you, John, for listening. It means a lot for anybody to listen to the words that we're saying. Um, and we would love to hear you for the season wrap-up show. Let us know where you think season four is going to go. Let us know why we're stupid and don't appreciate the genius that is season three let us know any of your thoughts on the show where you're at with it right now we really do want to hear from you and uh it would be great to to get some emails and tweets this week um but yeah the midwest podcast network has several other shows about video games horror movies and more check out all of our shows at midwestpodcastnetwork.com our theme song is the uh uh, our theme music is the song Industrial Cinematic by Kevin McLeod and is being used under an Attribution Creative Commons license. And that's it for our episode this week. We are excited to wrap up the season next week, hopefully with John, uh, who I haven't even mentioned the idea to as of the <laughs> recording of this episode. And hopefully I remember to ask him before he hears this in the episode. You could just have but, your own uh, Dolores Mave moment and just surprise him with it. <laughs> I could have clued <laughs> right you at in the on very all this. End of the episode. Yeah. <laughs> Let him find out this way. This will be good. All right. All right. That sounds <laughs> good. Because Alex's final we'll memory. It, he doesn't listen to it for a week and we're like, fuck. <laughs> uh, but yes, uh, until we have our season wrap up out, uh, may you rest and have a deep and dreamless slumber. <laughs>